Hello and welcome to the VanCast. I'm your host, Graham Eels, and today we're with Jonathan. How you doing, Jonathan? What's going on? I'm doing well, man. You know, things are starting to get back to normal a little bit. I got to go for a nice workout, swim, steam. It feels feels like things are getting back on track. It's beach season. Oh yeah, and with beach season comes spike ball season. That's right. Definitely. Jonathan, I think we originally met through Spikeball, is it not? Through the Spikeball app, yeah. Yeah. Randomly found you guys at a park, and now here it we sound, are. It sounds super weird, but trust me, it's actually pretty cool. You just go on an app, you look on the app, people are playing Spikeball, they post their location, you go there, you play, and it's normally people that are pretty, like, they're fair and they're decent, and they're not just going to ace you the whole time, they're pretty nice about it, so... Well, I thought a, it was I thought it was an alternative dating app, so <laughs> I was really confused when a bunch of guys showed up. But I, I don't I I won't say I was disappointed. Yeah, yeah, that. exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Some like invented adventures or something. Yeah. So Jonathan, you are a paramedic, and what exactly from when you first kind of formulated the idea, what brought you to wanting to become a paramedic? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I never, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I, I never actually thought I'd become a paramedic. That was never on my mind growing up. Honestly, it was like, I, I thought I would have a thousand different jobs. And and probably like whatever TV show I was watching at the time, I used to watch House and uh, I wanted to be a doctor for a long time. Then I watched Law and & Order and I was like, oh, actually, I'm going to become a lawyer. And actually, then I when I was really young, I watched the shopping channel and I was like, I want to be the shopping channel host, the best <laughs> thing ever. Uh, and then somehow I became like a paramedic and actually I'm in, I'm completing my master's right now in counseling. So I'm going to become like a therapist as well. But uh, yeah, I guess the long short of it is um, I think I've always been someone who I don't like being in situations where I'm not really in control or if, if there's something I could do and, and didn't know how to do it. That just doesn't leave me feeling very good if I don't know what to yeah. do. And so it was probably when I was finishing up my undergrad, I, I studied psychology at UBC and I, it was okay. It was like, whatever, just that's kind of what I thought I was supposed to do. But I remember at the end of it being like, you know what, uh, should I go back to school? I don't really want to do school. It took me like six years to, to finish UBC, which I think was like the maximum before they kicked me out. And, uh, and after that, I was like, you know what? I always was interested in first aid and going on hikes with my friends. I was like, if something happens, I'd hate to be in a position where I didn't know what to do. And so yeah. really, I just took this advanced first aid course um, that was just for me to be like, you know what? If someone breaks their leg, at least I could do something. And so I took it for fun. No thoughts of going into a job or anything like that. And I had such a good time doing it. I was like, OK, this is really fun. At the end of the program, and it was actually like a first responders course, three weeks long, the instructor came up to me and he was like, hey, you you did really well. You seem really interested in this. Uh, would you ever consider, have you ever considered becoming like a, a paramedic for a career? And I hadn't actually at that point. And I was like, what? Like, get paid for this? And he was like, yeah, like this is the, the program's called primary care paramedic, which is what all kind of licensed paramedics are in BC. And he's like, yeah. I think you should apply for it. I'll, I'll be a reference for you and and see where it goes. And so that was pretty much the start of it. I had no idea before what it was about. I, I looked into it and I think the next year I had applied and then I got enrolled to paramedic academy. And now, yeah, five years after that, like I've been working as a paramedic five years now. So that's that's the long short of it, if, if that answers your question. It, it does. And I, you yeah. said doctor, lawyer, Shopping channel hosts, yeah. All yeah, all people everything. that like help people out. So it seems like you like to like help people. You know, maybe not the shopping channel person as much, but the other two are definitely <laughs> people that are helping others. And so you you clearly have a niche for liking to help people. And and the big thing about it is like like you said, you're like, wow, I can get paid for this. Like you enjoy it, right? 
And if you can get paid for something you enjoy, there's nothing like that. That's the goal. Like, yeah, oh, sweet, I made $200,000, but I want to fucking kill myself. Like, that's not a great life. But if, and also the big benefit is like pension, man, retirement, benefits, (laughs) all those beautiful things that people have seemed to forgot about and companies just don't give to people anymore. Yeah, you know, pension, I still don't even know how that works, so I've I've got to figure that out. I just know that some of my paychecks goes somewhere and I've I guess they promised that eventually when I turn to an old man if I do, that'll come back. But I I I don't know how that works. In some ways it seems imaginary to me, but you've just reminded me I should look into <laughs> how pension and benefits Well, you, you got time. You got time. And the nice thing is it kind of just happens because they just take, it's not like you have to go out there and take it from every paycheck. No, they, they just, they just, just take it. They just take it from me. That I do know. So yeah. So that's nice. Is it just <laughs> happens. Um, if you don't mind me asking how, how, how is the benefits? Like, like, uh, yeah, the benefits it's, uh, it's mixed. So I probably don't use all the benefits that I could from there. Um, with with BC ambulance, when you work are working full time and full time hours, I would say let's see. So things like massage, uh, you can have that, and that's after the first thousand dollars that you the first thousand dollars you're going to pay eighty percent. Uh, oh, they're going to pay eighty percent of it. You're going to pay two twenty percent. Sorry, long math, long short of it. After you've paid a thousand dollars worth. It's unlimited. So after you go for whatever, 10 massages, and you've paid 20% of that, after that, you have unlimited for the rest of the year until the next year you have to pay that $1,000 again kind of thing. Um, but there's dental. So you, so you could just get massages every week at, after that point? Yeah, I mean, you get, you get exactly. You can get massages as much as you need, and then it becomes kind of unlimited once you've paid the 20 percent on the thousand so once you pay 200 dollars, basically out of pocket nice yeah people people like that you also got dental and you got dental you got chiropractor you've got your physio i got orthotics when i first got benefits because i was like sure 400 dollars for orthotics for free sure yeah you've got that there's all sorts the one thing that my benefits plan is like severely lacking is for counseling and mental health, you get a hundred dollars, which is nothing. Most counselors charge one hundred fifty bucks to start, so and the, you get and maybe the, half the cheap a session. Ones are like, eh, they're they're all right. So you, you get know. one time, and especially in this line of work, it's like, oh, I would, I would imagine you probably need more than half a counseling session <laughs> to stay healthy. So that's something that I hope changes in the future. But everything else, you know, no complaints. It's, and that that's not just with. Uh, you, your work it's with a lot of places seem to have neglected the importance of mental health and support mm-hmm. that you need um, but you do see it uh, coming more in like big companies like google and stuff like they'll have rooms where you have like dogs that you can play with or <laughs> or, or they'll like set up their office so there's you know, no, i would like, hope google would like they've got a they got a lot of money they've probably got yeah. the most money so i'd hope a company yeah. like that but i mean you're right i i hope to see that that does change and i think it will but it's also something that's kind of like we take so much emphasis on this physical health which is important but we all know like mental health is incorporated into physical health so yeah it'd be nice to see that kind of change in the future but i get benefits and that's pretty darn good so again no complaints about that yeah i uh, i did a paper on like free free will and um one of my <laughs> arguments for believing in free will is like the placebo effect uh-huh. uh, and like a lot of um your body chemistry can be affected by your mindset right oh yeah so if, so if you're like you think oh i don't have free will like my life sucks so it's meant to suck and then you just keep thinking all these negative thoughts and you have all the stressors and all these stress hormones and then your body starts mm-hmm. um getting in fight instead of you know fight or flight response fight, instead fight, of freeze yep yeah, exactly. Instead of being like, you know what, I can do something about this. I can change my mindset. Um, whether or not free will e- exists, I think it is more practical to th- to think it does because then you can actually change your mindset and therefore your body chemistry. Totally. I mean, it's it's that whole thing where it's like, if you if you think something bad's going to happen, it's it's probably more likely to happen because you're you're kind of viewing the world through that frame. So 100%. 100%. yeah. And you've you've probably seen in 
in your profession, like a lot of mental health and stress and stuff. And what what do you grasp when you see that sort of behavior? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're 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 actually right on. I, I I think a lot of people don't actually. Well, maybe just for myself, when I started, I didn't think I'd be going to so many mental health calls, so many. Um, anxiety, panic attacks, where people think it's a heart attack, and, and it could be, or people suicidal, threatening suicide, trying to commit suicide, like all these kind of things are involved in the call. And then, of course, any kind of call where you, say you break your leg, you fell down the stairs, you got in a car accident, there's going to be a, a mental health component to that as well, because it's freaky, it's scary, it's traumatic. So I, I, I don't think that I came into the job thinking about that for the patients really were trained just to kind of think of the physiological like oh are they bleeding oh there's no bleeding okay then there's nothing for me to do well i've learned now that actually even if you're not doing anything for like a physical treatment you're always able to do some kind of psychological thing where even if it's just reassuring them um that is a treatment in itself right it's like giving that empathy to someone listening to them it sounds like super soft skills which it is but I feel like that makes such a difference on a call. No, no one's going to remember like, oh, did you get that IV right? Did you give that medication um, in the right whatever? Like no one, patients don't know that. All they know is how you treated them. And um, if you listen to them, if you cared for them. And that definitely comes along with that whole mental health component that, that you're talking about. And also it will develop a sort of trust with the people in your industry um, because you can treat someone, but if you don't treat them with respect while you're treating them, they can, maybe they won't call 911 next time or, or you know what I yeah. mean? Or, so the whole experience, yeah. um, you, you do want it to be positive. Totally. And it's, and that's another thing too, that I've noticed just working this job, just again, not super long, five years, but in that time working Vancouver, downtown East side all over where it's super high call volume um yeah paramedics get super burnt out like it's everyone starts the job wanting to help and be compassionate and and do this but but you sometimes see the same repeat people coming for the same problems really not you bring them to the hospital and then a few days later the next week you're bringing them back for the same thing over and over again it gets really tiring it and that leads to compassion fatigue where sometimes when you're that burnt out it's hard to actually care anymore give that same level of, of empathy and so that's something that i've noticed just working on the job that even with fellow paramedics sometimes when the load gets too much um compassion goes down and it's a shame but it's something that's kind of it's just a result of, of the job of the stress of the uh, insane amount of hours and overtime we have to work but uh yeah there's yeah. only so much you can do with a lack of fatigue you know, like once that fatigue drops, it's really hard to keep that just like energetic, positive mindset. And it is true, like mm. they, they definitely are a little bit understaffed. Um, and especially in the downtown east side, you're dealing with a lot of very stressful situations. Um, Can people be that sure. are high energy and maybe on different drugs or this or that. And, yeah. and seeing the same person every single day, it can kind of be like disheartening because you're like, come on, like I'm trying to trying to help you and you you're in the same spot every day and it's like you know it's hard. It's, yeah some people yeah. don't want help some people and it's fine it's i mean there, there's no judgment there it's people end yeah. up where they are for for a million different reasons um and it's not my it's not my job to to judge them and be like well you should be doing better but yeah i mean you're right it, it can be hard just to see that over and over again and to feel like are we actually doing anything uh, because yeah. they we, they just get themselves, they end up back in the situation in the same way that we end up in the same situations over and over in, in anything in our lives. That's just what humans do sometimes. But but yeah, no, it's not always easy. Yeah, exactly. And, and it comes into like a big issue with just the medical industry in general is a lot of it is, it's not curing the problem. It's, it's just like keeping them alive like for example a lot of medications it's like it's not solving the problem it's right. just keeping them symptom alive. reduction symptom yeah. reduction so they can keep doing what they're doing but it, it doesn't actually like for an example it's not the root cause yeah. for an example if you're like um excessive eater really bad foods they give you a pill that allows you to eat more bad food or or eat more food without having anything um hurt you uh 
But at the end of the day, it's like, well, you still have the problem, right? So it comes down to almost like a mental health thing and, and, and an addiction issue as well, which is something you definitely see is you probably see that a lot of these people need help with their addiction, right? Yeah, I, certainly. I mean, that's, you think of like the opioid pandemic where, yeah, you get overdose calls, there's overdose calls every day, like so many of them. Um, but I would say that everyone's capable of, everyone has different addictions. So yeah, some of them are drug addictions uh, that you can see externally, but, but everyone has some kind of addiction. Like think about our phones, think about, like you said, stuff we eat, think about video games, think about exercise. Like not everything is like super viewed negatively, but but at the core of addiction, it's it's doing something for us, right? It's meeting some kind of need or it's it's helping us to get rid of some kind of sensation that we are not comfortable with. And so it's yeah. like an escape. It's like an escape, right? Almost. It's, it's serving some kind of purpose. Yeah. So when you yeah. think about drugs, opioids, whatever, for a lot of people, that's pain, emotional pain, physical pain. Why wouldn't you take something that could help you not feel so miserable? Like I, I, in a lot of ways, it makes sense, but it's also quite stigmatized because it's like, oh, drugs are bad. And and it's not that I'm advocating for drugs, but it's just having that understanding of underneath it all, like you said, there's a reason why people are doing what they're doing and they continue to do something. It's because there's the core of whatever the issue is, is maybe not fully processed or, or resolved. And so it's, if you can't do that, then sure, why not do something to reduce the symptoms? And it ends up being a cycle because they do it and then everyone frowns upon them and it gets them in an even more negative mindset and then they do it and then people keep frowning upon them. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think there is a little bit of a lack of a like proper support, right? Um, a little bit of support to really help you solve that core issue. Um, and what is super neat and like, obviously I'm not telling anyone they should do this but there has been some experimentation with um, psychedelics and Mm -hmm. and those sort of drugs to Mm -hmm. help get to the core issue but like assisted like you have a counselor or someone that has been trained to put you through a trip and get to those core issues and talk about it and there has been some success and i think it is a new wave of mental health um, therapy no, it's fantastic. I mean, so like I said before, I'm in a counseling program right now, and I have friends that are doing practicums in areas that the sites offer that because it's it's we are on the way towards using different kinds of drugs as a medication. Obviously, things like yeah, psilocybin mushrooms. In the past, people even currently, people look at that and it's like, oh, that's an illicit drug. That's bad. And sure, anything can be used in a bad way or unhealthy way. Um, but to what you're saying, you're you're absolutely right. There's been there's been a lot of studies now where it's like, when you use the psilocybin mushrooms uh, to get back into like childhood trauma, things that happened to you a long time ago, one of the key effects of using mushrooms is that it gets rid of your sense of ego, and along with that is your sense of self judgment. And so for a lot of people experiencing trauma. Uh, it's easy for them to carry on their entire lives and look at their past self and kind of blame themselves or or not be able to separate from that emotion. But when you use something like mushrooms, you are like an outside observer looking in. And so when you look at that seven-year-old boy who something terrible happened to them, instead of being like, oh, this was my fault, you're able to look at that boy and be like, wow, that poor child, like I have compassion for them. And then after you finish that, that actually transfers back and you can be like, you know what? I am that child. I can actually have compassion for myself. I can actually maybe start to move forward from this. So, yes, I I think like if there is a way to use these different kind of things to help people get over uh, their issues, then in a healthy way, self, uh, yeah, healthy way, then then I'm all for that. I think (laughs) why wouldn't we try to explore that? A hundred, a hundred percent. And for me personally, like everyone's different. And obviously I don't advocate anyone to just go crazy without talking to someone in that field or a doctor or something. But I think once a year, or you know, every, every couple of years, I think it is important for me. Um, I have found that doing a little bit of philocybin um, to just kind of set me back on mm. 
the right path and kind of because it does kind of fade right um so joe rogan put it like it's like a tattoo that you got to retouch up once in a while you know it's like it's there and it's like a nice picture and you got a good idea and then it kind of fades over time and then you do it again and you're like oh yeah oh yeah that's that's what that's what i'm all about and you really do ignore all the bs in your life all the bs in the background the things that really don't aren't very important they're not important right and like for example for me like i recently got rid of my social media and i had no idea except for facebook for like spikeball group chat and stuff (laughs) well that's important that's just yeah Yeah. that's like that's part of my mental health so (laughs) yeah yeah but uh but anyway i've i didn't realize how much of a pull um that had like especially in my subconscious and stuff like the first week i would literally pick up my phone and like subconsciously swipe to where the app is and just tap nothing <laughs> because my yeah. body was like in tuned on going to that app. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And like no more FOMO. I don't get FOMO. I never like. You don't get FOMO. Well, what's, how do you do that? That's amazing. Because I ne- don't see them. I don't see what they're doing. Okay. Out of sight, out of mind. You're not thinking about it. Well, no, it's like before it would be like, I would look at a story and I would be like, I wish I was there. Yeah. But now I I don't know what they're doing because I can't look at a story story because I don't have social media, so I so like over time you just stop caring, right? And nice. like yeah, so or you care about was, different things maybe. I don't I don't care about like I I need to be with them. They're having fun because it's not I don't get a constant reminder. And yeah. another thing is like I don't need to show people that I'm having fun. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, like if I'm like having fun before, I'd be like, oh, I need to like, I'm on this sick boat, man. Like I got to take this video so that everyone everyone, can, must know. everyone knows I'm on the sick boat, man. But then now I'm like, I'm just enjoying being on the sick boat. Like I don't need everyone. You have a boat? I, yo, boat. yo, check it out, man. <laughs> I, I don't have you a boat. You got a boat? I got I to gotta get on this boat. So it's, uh, I have friends with boats. It's uh, See, that's my dream too. It's like I don't actually uh, want to own a it's, boat. It's a lot cheaper that way. I just want to have friends that own boats. That's, yeah. that's the dream. Yeah. It's, all about, it's all about the connections. Shoot. About the connections. Oh, you, so you don't have the boat. That's too bad. I don't have the boat, but you know, I got friends with boats, but... You'll 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 find them eventually, Jonathan. Maybe one day you'll be with me while we're on my friend. Yeah, I, I think we got to end this podcast. I, I was under the impression you had a boat, and that's <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I was under the impression that there was a boat that I. Could, I saw like, that picture of you before you deleted your social media on a boat, and I thought it was yours. And okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. you know what? I'll stick around. I'll stick around. That's okay. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty generous, but that's yeah, I'm a bit disappointed. Well, you are you are in the caring field, so I think you know it. <laughs> your I care, but people pay me for it too. So yeah. come on, I well, gotta get something out of this. Well, I can maybe I'll too. like maybe I'll like uh, maybe I'll be your partner in Spikeball today, and and I'll go. You nice know what? You. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be that would be such a privilege. Thank you. <laughs> I've been losing a lot in Spikeball. Speaking of Spikeball, like. Oh, man. I, I know when we all started, I don't know, three, four years ago, we were all kind of at the same level. And then, like everyone, kind of in Vancouver. And sorry to steer your podcast to things that are much oh, more, okay. much less meaningful. But uh, this is meaningful to me. <laughs> Spikeball, <laughs> man. But no, I, I, do you, have you found that the level of Spikeball in Vancouver has just risen, like, like here's, exponentially? Here's the, here's the thing. The last okay. couple of years, last here's year, yeah. Thing. Okay, everyone, um, for me personally, it's always been kind of recreational for fun. Um, I'm a rally guy. I like to have a lot of rallies. I don't like to play serve ball. Um, so I've never really just spent time in my basement. Serve ball, you mean like they just ace you kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where it's all about the serve. But I, I've, tried I've never that, really spent and time I, and I can't. chilling in my basement just repeatedly doing cut <laughs> serves because like, I, I have other things that are a priority to me, right? You know what's so sad? I because I I have done that. I've tried to do that in my house. Like I and I had like I truly have. I set it up in my in my basement in my hallway, and I've tried to do that. And then I'm like, okay, I can serve now. And then I go play with these people, and then I still lose and suck. So well, double double sad for me. Double typical sad. stage fright. You know, you get out there and it's a lot different <laughs> when other people are watching you and stuff. But uh, 
But yeah, dude, basically what's happened is it has evolved. It's become like insanely popular. Like you pretty much in the summer, if you go to a park, there's almost guaranteed to be at least one spike ball net there. Right. That's what I actually do. I drive around Vancouver. Every time I drive a park, I slow down and look. And the people behind me are probably like, what the heck? Yeah. And it's almost guaranteed there'll be at least one set. Everyone's doing it. I can understand why. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Um, But we've, we also, are around a type of group that is like for vancouver they're pretty good they're pretty pretty good like when i go outside for of vancouver like, yeah yeah you're pretty I good go, for vancouver yeah. yeah well like there's other places that are just insane but yeah. when i go outside of like that group that spike ball group we have and i play with like my regular friends they're not even in the same realm right like they're, they're just not and like they're, they're me below. and patrick the other day just like oh, there's patty, these random people ha- random people drinking and we're just like chilling and we're like oh let's go challenge these random people so we go challenge them and and there's like there's like 10 of them or something and they send over their top guys and we just spank <laughs> them like we just absolutely <laughs> spank them because clearly they haven't been playing with like etienne and shit right well that that's a good combo like i've always thought drinking or or yeah it's smoking weed and and playing spike ball it's like it's a fun recreational thing, but if you if you want to win, although actually Etienne, never mind, I don't want to gossip, but Etienne is damn good every time, no matter what he's done. So well, because it's muscle memory for him at this point, he's <laughs> yeah. probably hit like ten thousand serves, and like Etienne is, he's so good, he's so good, it's almost not fun to play with because he's just too good. But the new rules, I have to admit, I do like some of the new rules, like I for do. example. For example, you uh, you can't just like like Etienne used to just stand over the net and then just do like a little hit to any side. Now he actually has to like be back a bit. And For all the the listeners, double... Etienne Etienne is how old is he? He's like twenty one. He's like this young guy who's like damn good at beating everyone. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's his his serves are insane. He's really fast. You know, he's he's just a, he's like he's a good. He's just a natural player. athlete. Yeah. That, um, but sadly, yeah. you know, his acting career. Is, going to, <laughs> is taking over or whatever so he's not a full-time spike baller so. sad for us good for him yeah yeah well you know he, he could he maybe he could have made it like to like be professional who knows if he really put all of his all of his uh all of his marbles in this one you know what i'm hoping to see him in a hallmark movie sometime soon or a commercial and that's how I we'll just, know that it's paid off yeah, I think whatever he's doing, he'll do well because he works hard, right? And that's that's the big thing, and he has a good positive mindset. But for me, playing spike ball, I prefer to play with more um, recreational people and have more of a, a rally And spank ball. them, spank them, yeah. No, no, yes, <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> like, I don't want to ace them on serves. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to ace no, them in yeah, the rally because totally. I find that's a lot more fun. And this new double hit rule is awesome i think it it makes the play go a lot longer being yep. able to take that second hit so i'm i'm excited for spike do you, ball do you consider yourself good like what 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 level do you think that you are i'd i'd say um if 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 we're looking at like league of legends rankings <laughs> i would yes, be like I totally know i would be is. like i would be like okay so so let Okay, maybe give me a, a better. How about like a scale of like zero to ten? That's something that like uh you okay, know. Okay, so if ten <laughs> is like is like a professional. Ten, ten, ten is like a god, yeah. Ten is a god. Um, I would say I'm like a seven. Six oh, or seven. oh, yeah. you're yeah. not too far from a god. Okay, okay. Well, that's well. I'm thinking of like a god is getting like an A plus. Like I'm getting like a C plus. Like right. That's pretty. <laughs> I'm getting like a C plus, right? That's pretty. That's like, it's it's pretty far off from a god. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, maybe like I know yes. I'm when I'm looking, but I'm also looking at the the the. So if I got ten random spike ball people, or a hundred random spike ball people, or a thousand random spike ball, you'd people, be better than seven. I of think them. I would be in the top fifty percentile for sure. Top okay, top fifty now. That's okay. Because that's at least a five. That's at least yeah. a five. Saying half of the people are gonna be. I'm gonna be a. Like if I got random ass people, I'm gonna be above half of them. So I'm at least a I'm at least a six. Okay, at least a six. Okay, okay. And then I think that 
I'm a lefty specialist, so like that that ups me a little bit. And I think even when I play with the good guys, like I I, I hold my own. I, I'm not very good at like serves and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, yeah I think you I'm got like, some good ones. I think I'm like a six or a seven, and six or thinking seven. that gods are like tens, and then Etienne's probably like a nine, and then <laughs> and then. people that are better than me between and then John, jonathan's like uh like a, jonathan jonathan's like a four <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you know what that's probably i always thought i was super good and then i play these people and i'm like you know what i've lost like every around, match i think you're around my uh my skill level i think you're wow you're seven when wow, you're, that's when a you're, compliment when you're like on point and you've been playing for a while because you were you've been out of the game for a bit so you need to like get back into your tempo yeah, that's totally it. That that's totally why I've been losing. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh-huh. I think mm-hmm. that's totally it. Because like when your that. serve is on, it's actually pretty deadly. And when it's on the net, yeah, that's I yeah. mean that's what I always aim for. <laughs> that that is what I've been practicing in my basement these days, just yeah. to get it on the net. But I know you've been busy. <laughs> you haven't been spike balling a lot, especially because of COVID and stuff, right? Like no one has. So we've been like coming out. Like I I didn't Maybe spike I ball have. Like yeah. a year and a half or something, and then I came out a, like a month or something ago. And I was trash, but it slowly comes back. And uh, so what do you think you are in a scale of 1 to 10? Well, you know, I mean, if we use the spike ball scale, like, uh, you know, 1 to 6, where 6 is like a professional, 5 is like you were in, I don't know what the bone below professional is, but semi-professional. And then 4 is whatever. I think I'm a 3. I think three is like I can serve with that's one like hand. That's like intermediate. Inter- I'm comfortable with the title intermediate. Yeah, like I, I like to think. Yeah, that's hope what I'm that's not what a beginner. I put myself on the spike ball app is I'm intermediate. Yeah, I really don't think I'm advanced, even though like I thought I was for a long time until I started playing these people and just getting spanked. Speaking, of I think spanked. you need to be able to serve with two hands to be. I advanced. know. Yeah. Okay, like my fine. serve is not good. You can easily sense it, but. <laughs> Um, I'm not there to play serve ball, like I said. But if you were no, to compare, it, it shows. Yeah, no. If yeah. you were to compare, shut up. If you, <laughs> if you were to, compare I was gonna say, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> rallies, no serves. There's no serves, right? Only rallies. I think I would be a four. Four out of ten. That's no a little four hard. out of six. Oh, four out of six. Okay, that's good. Just that's nice. four yeah. rallies, not four, because I get good bloody blocks. I'm good setting up. I'm really good at setting. I think I got some good sets. So it's just my serve that's lacking. Better get to the basement there, Graham. No man, I got more important things. You could be a you could be a solid four point two if you got your serves in, man. I got more important priorities <laughs> on the list. I want to get like to a solid like. 8.6 and maybe like develop my core or something <laughs> yeah man i no, i got that, a nice face i just got i just gotta work out a little more <laughs> that's that's funny it's my priority is to become a spike ball god and uh, that'd and be you, nice yeah but i don't know man like it's just you don't think it's gonna work out for me I, I get it. I think I it's one of those things you have to have like a hundred percent dedication. It's like anything. It's like you gotta well, be. Why, why can't it be like fifteen percent, which is what I'm doing right now? Like fifteen. Well, because it's just like not how it works, man. Like you gotta you gotta not only have the skill, but you also gotta grind. Like Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't I don't like to grind. Was was a grinder. Like he had the skill, but he fucking grind grinded it. And you're working like long oh, hours speaking of grinding is making me feel uncomfortable yeah like you you fuck <laughs> you you literally you want to grind what <laughs> grinder what <laughs> oh that's the other app that i thought i was on when i first met you I yeah mean, that's, that's, that's that's the confusion sorry it's sometimes yeah. <laughs> i have that so sometimes it just gets i'm me. so confused it's like why are there four people showing up here anyway, but uh, yeah. but anyway on a little on a little segue here so spike ball definitely helps with mental health don't you think a little physical activity you know the physical activity yes when i can yeah okay fine when i'm playing yes it's good when i get spanked i don't know that's hard on my mental health well i think it's good in the to learn how to get spanked once in a while (laughs) 
<laughs> this I is, think uh, it's important. I think it's important, right? To to learn to like lose, right? You gotta uh-huh. you gotta learn to lose before you can learn to win. I've and, and, I've already I've learned that. I feel like when do I get to learn how to win? Well, that you just you just play some random people at the park. That that's what aren't. I should be doing: challenging drunk people <laughs> with you exactly. and Patrick going exactly. to the beach on their. We call it. The, we call it. We call it like some some teams. What they would do is like before they go to tournaments, they would just play like a really shitty team and stomp them to get their confidence up. That's what that's what we do. We just like that's what I should have been doing this whole time. Stomp people to get some confidence, and then you go into the real thing, and you think you're a god. That's and what, you surf like I think god. that's why I thought I was so good. I just like stomped people that were just with a. I, and the way you tell is you get the the spike ball basic set. You just look for those people, and it's like you know what? Probably I have a I have a fifty fifty shot of stomping them if they've got. Well, a first of all, basic. they got a basic set. They're not wearing cleats. <laughs> Yeah. Cleats is a big giveaway. When they're wearing cleats, they mean business. They mean I bring fun. I bring the cleats every time, even with people bare feet. Even when you and Patrick are bare feet, I've definitely cleated <laughs> both of you a number you of need, times. You, but it's you need all the advantage you can get, honestly. I do. I really do. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, and if you have to break one of our feet or toes to do it then that's what i tried i mean i didn't say that to you but that's literally why i do it it's just like any advantage to me a win is a win Win, winning is life is everything so yeah i feel you on that but any any that's like anywho back to back to your okay back to back to occupation that you do yeah yeah um lives yeah so what is like the most i don't know if you want to get into this but what is like the craziest experience you've had well, the craziest experience. In what sense? When you say and crazy, what do you think of as crazy? I think like it. Uh, if it was like if your job was a TSN top ten highlights, it would be number one. <laughs> a, a highlight? That's hilarious. Me, that's so funny. It's like for people when you have these Injuries. crazy intense experiences it's usually like a low like, light it's like go, oh my god go ptsd viral, what would go viral on like <laughs> on like online watch because you know yeah. how people, what people like to watch yeah you're talking about like exciting like traumatic like er like, yeah that's like race anatomy like. kind of thing yeah exactly okay yeah I, I mean i can i can think of some stuff um <laughs> Honestly, I'll say for the most part, like, even though I work in, like, Metro Vancouver, uh, it's a relatively safe place in terms of violence. Like, it's not like the States where people get shot and stabbed every single day and, like, every call you go to is like that. That's really so not the case. you get to, like, Surrey. Totally. And I, I don't, I work in South kind of Vancouver. Surrey. But, but, but even still, it's Artistry. like, how many shootings have there been in a year? Like, less no, than no, it 20, is, right? No, it is, no, it is really good because... People aren't walking around with guns. We don't normally. have guns. Yeah, it's it's not so like, cops are shooting as whole year, not twenty that, shootings per day. Yeah, and cops aren't as worried that they're going to pull someone over with a sh- sawed-off shotgun on in yeah. the driver's seat, right? So, it's a uh, and Vancouver I, I would, in yeah. general is a very safe place. Obviously, there's some ups and downs, but in general, Vancouver is incredibly safe. Totally. So, so with that in mind, it's like, okay, so I, I, despite what people see on TV, it's like, no, I'm not going to someone who's, there's been an explosion and now we got like a thousand patients. It's like, that really doesn't happen uh, in Vancouver too much. Um, but in my time, I would say like probably one of, it was probably my first year working in Vancouver. Uh, so that was, that made an intense too, but, and, and this is gory and graphic kind of, but some, some girl, and if you don't want to hear, like uh, you can cover your ears or whatever. But yeah, we'll we'll give some, a little notice. Little trigger warning, like skip, there's some skip. there's some blood. Somebody got injured. Nobody died, thankfully. But um, yeah, basically, like um, it was actually in a shopping mall, Vancouver shopping mall that uh, you have probably been to. I won't say which one, but it yep. was at a shopping mall. Uh, basically, uh, some some poor young young lady. I uh, was struggling with some um, intense mental health issues. She went to the bathroom in the food court of this mall and brought a knife, and she tried to kill herself. She cut her throat end-to-end uh, in front of all the other people that were in the bathroom, like just there. And uh, as you can imagine, lots of blood. Um, 
we were the first paramedic scene, uh, paramedic uh, crew to show up, but security was there, police were there to make sure it was safe. But it was like, oh, I don't know if I've ever seen that much blood. Like that was truly like the movies where it's just like the bathroom floor was just covered in blood. And there was this, this young woman sitting up against the wall. Um, and I could just see her neck was totally like opened. And, oh and the crazy thing was she was still conscious. Like, and that's and so it's not of, like the movies where they cut the neck and they're dead within like two months. Well, well, you could be. I don't know yeah. why she didn't. She, something she I guess she, she missed hit, the jugular. Or yeah, she she hit something, but obviously not like the, the artery where she's going to die like that. But the crazy thing was she was actually conscious. And that kind of blew my mind, too, because it's like, oh, you're still you normally, you normally alive. And you, yeah. you would hope you would hope. Right. Like, because that is unbearable it could, I, I, it could be I the drugs imagine. It, it could be drugs it could be a yeah lot she was intoxicated she used a lot of alcohol and stuff but but she was awake either way um we get there we just put a towel and stuff on her neck and then get her on her stretcher uh, we just zoom to the hospital and um yeah it's just like with the doctors there they're examining the injury and it's like holy cow i've not seen this kind of inside of somebody outside of a textbook um, but again, she was like fully conscious and thankfully they gave her some sedatives and, and stuff to, to put her out because like, I don't even know how she was breathing properly with that. So that's really gruesome. That's really gross. Um, that's well, if probably you, if you didn't know if you were okay with blood, you clearly do now because I would have not made it out of that room. That's you, sure. I would are be, you I would blood? Be, I'm not good with, I, I like movies and stuff is one thing, right? But reality you know is a whole mm-hmm. different different mm-hmm. thing. Like if I saw someone's blood gushing out, I would I would freak out. And, so, yeah, yeah. And part of your job is you actually have to like be the calm one because if you start freaking out, they start freaking out, and nothing gets good. So you have to like compose yourself. Totally. Yeah. You f- you find a way. Uh, with that said, it's like, do I still get scared and nervous going onto calls? Oh, you 100%. got adrenaline pumping for sure. Hundred percent. I was talking to a paramedic student yesterday at the hospital. He was just doing a. He was just training still, and he, he was trying to do like an IV, which is very simple thing. But for him, it was his first time. But he was so tunnel vision, so adrenaline. After it, he was like, he got it, and he just went to the corner, was clutching his chest and like breathing. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, man. I I just that was so intense, and it is intense. But um, yeah, I I told him like, hey, you know what? Like, it's okay to be nervous because I get nervous on calls all the time. There's calls that I that we don't go to very often. Like so, say yeah, these really violent calls. You're gonna get a bit nervous because it's such an unknown situation you're going to. But I get nervous when I go on calls with like really young kids because we actually don't see that many kids. And it's so there's a little bit more stakes when I go to those calls because it's like oh man, an older person, sure it's sad when something happens, but like a little kid, I think anyone would feel a little bit more uh, when you see. Yeah, just a kid hurt. And then when you go on like, oh, someone is having an imminent, imminent delivery and birth at home. And it's like, what? I have very basic training on how to deliver a baby. So I'm not a delivery nurse. I'm not a whatever, an obstetrician. So that definitely freaks me out when I have to go to those because I just don't see that. But that's it's part of the job, right? Like you, how do you know when you're afraid? But when you are in the midst of that, how do you actually regulate to get through it? and and make sure you can do it um i I don't want to compare i don't want to compare you to someone that like goes like cliff jumping or it seems like you're going downhill biking but it's i'm definitely going to (laughs) because it seems like uh there's a lot of adrenaline and obviously you're not like trying to be reckless or anything but part of the job is you go into an unknown situation you have to compose yourself and deal with it methodically um and yeah and it's like uh, there's a lot of like people that maybe it's just like like downhill biking for example it's like an unknown situation you gotta have a lot of adrenaline going and you need to deal with your path methodically yours is a little bit like smarter and safer um but (laughs) there's still a lot of bloody risk like if something happens and even if you did everything to the book, if something happens, you're still going to feel like shit, right? Because you're yeah. the person that's helping them. And, 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 and you have to live with that fact. There that, can like, be a lot of guilt. Yep. Yeah. And like you could do every bloody thing possibly perfect and it just doesn't work out. And that's the part of life. Right. And that's part of the job. And, and as, as you said, with a kid that, that could haunt you. Um, but it's, it's so, 
it's 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 inspiring to be able to put yourself in that situation because a lot of people are not willing to be vulnerable like that and for mm. me i'll be honest like i could not deal with that that stress or that yeah. weight on my shoulders that's interesting i mean people ask me they're like so how do you what uh people always say that yeah i can never do that but it's so funny i, I hear that all the time and people are like i can never do your job and you know what I, I think humans are pretty resilient it's like hey if you were literally just hiking with your friend and something bad happened i'm sure you'd actually be able to handle it like maybe you wouldn't want to but you would probably be able to do something in the moment yeah yeah i think i think i need to rephrase it's not that i couldn't do it it's that i wouldn't want really to put yourself wouldn't in that want over and over and over want and over to again. do that over and over yeah, and over again like you. like one situation is is like obviously i'm gonna go superman and i'm gonna deal with it but every every day it's uh mm. it's like it's, it's, it's definitely got to be a choice i mean <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you force somebody to do any kind of like emergency frontline work that that would not be good right like that's yeah. traumatic in some kind of way uh, the way i look at it for myself is i've always thought like and this is only me like it's not it's not a prescription for anybody but it's like Growing up in Vancouver, living in Vancouver, going volunteering, do so, doing stuff downtown east side uh, as like a kid, teenager, and just seeing that, there's a part of me that was like, okay, when I went to university, I have this whole beautiful experience of doing something kind of separate. And, but in the back of my mind, the whole time was like, okay, like in this safe, cushy learning and safe environment, like I'm comfortable, but I also recognize that like 15 minutes drive from here, people, every downtown east side whatever overdosing hard things happening to them and then accidents happening all over the city it's like that is also part of real life and we can choose to not view any of that like there's a lot of people that i know that have lived in Vancouver their whole life but never go downtown east side uh, because they're like oh it's so unsafe it's so dangerous and sure there's a lot of things happening there but they just never put themselves over there they kind of bubble themselves and again not saying there's anything wrong with that but for me personally I always had that acute knowledge of like the reality is things are happening everywhere and and they this city needs people to be able to serve and help in, in all sorts of capacities. And I want to be someone who in the midst of that reality is is trying to do whatever I can um, in in a healthy and appropriate kind of and balanced manner. But but that's kind of what led me into it, right? It's like, hey, I can't just turn a blind eye to that and live my life happy somewhere else. Um, and I have this, the natural ability to be able to do those things and be okay with it. So that's kind of yeah, what I, I think a here. big important thing, even if you aren't doing what you're doing, is to at least understand the privilege um, totally. that you hold yeah. not having to deal with a parent that's addicted to drugs or not having food or all these. There's all these factors that I just don't have to worry about because I was raised um, in a sheltered um, by shelter by parents that you know they took care of me and they didn't have any issues and and I wasn't a I didn't have any real I trouble mean, no, vi with visible issues or, probably but yeah 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 nothing that's gonna like cause me to be meeting with uh, you every day you know <laughs> right like nothing that serious obviously there are issues but nothing to that degree right and it really shows how lucky i am just just from like the roll of the dice right just being in the environment i'm in you know uh so totally. it it's it's really important to understand that that is part of life and what what kind of bugs me sometimes is like it like for example if there's like a homeless person being like not too rambunctious but a little rambunctious like on the bus you know and people are getting mad it's like it's like you know like it's like he's got a lot of shit to deal with like he's yeah he's being a little loud but he's not like assaulting you or doing anything crazy it's like you got to understand that like you living the life you live like this is something that happens like there's people that live in luxury and there's people that live in shit and it's 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 kind of how the world is so you you at least need to like respect that other person for who they are and yeah they're maybe addicted to drugs or they're acting a little weird but that's that's their life and and you got to understand that that's part of the world right there's all these different lives and you can't totally. really be judgmental because you have no idea what 
that person goes through on a daily basis. Totally. Well, and and I think you're right on. And I think that even applies even like you said, everyone, it's not just homeless people. It's not just people who use drugs or whatever. Like it's, it doesn't matter. Even if you come from a privileged house, you'll have issues, you'll have your whole past um, and you can be affected by whatever. So it's like, I think it's, it's a universal human thing that everyone has some kind of experience that shapes their behaviors, whether those behaviors end up being helpful or unhelpful good or bad to, to whatever, if you want to make a judgment on them, is people get to where they are for a reason. And it's it's anyone. It's not just people downtown Eastside. It's everyone in Vancouver. And I know that because I go to everyone's house uh, all over Vancouver, rich, poor, it doesn't really matter. But you see the same kind of thing. You see people that are hurt, people that are struggling, people that are just, like you said, living the human experience. It doesn't matter, social, economic class. Of course, there's privileges and advantages if you have more money, more resources. But it doesn't matter. Like everyone suffers, is capable of suffering and, and still being broken and needing some kind of healing, no matter, no matter where you are in life or, or what money you have, et cetera. Yeah. And I think this brings on to a, an issue with social media, um, for example, where you're, you're having like a beef over Twitter and like, all you see is this, this like out outer skin layer of who this person is on Twitter. You have no idea what's going on in behind the scenes and what makes that person an actual person right so i find it so silly mm. when people just go after each other on social media like oh blah 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 it's like you it, <laughs> and and if you put those two people in person together they probably wouldn't act like that because they would start to learn who that person is as a human and talk to them as a human and like break them down but because they're <laughs> that's on that's very optimistic line, of you that's a very well yeah. it's like i do think that if you have two people bitching at each other online and you actually put them in the same room and like obviously don't allow allow them to like fight each other they're gonna naturally start to like actually ask normal and be like a normal person it's not just gonna be immediate because there's this sort of um confidence you get when the person's not in the room and can't like sure yeah the, punch and, you in the face being anonymous in some ways that distance it creates it so you're you can be a lot more aggressive and get away with it but like for example like i'm i'm like oh i, I don't like this person like fuck you you fucking fucker fuck like and then you and then i go to, i like, saw that i saw you tweet that uh, yeah <laughs> thing. I, I was like and what then, is that about man just get in a then, room with someone grim and then i go up to the same person in person and he just punches me in the face. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's not the appropriate way to talk to people. But there's no there's no consequence like that online. I wish right? I learned that, yeah. So I, I do think uh, it's a little bit silly to beef with people. Have you, have you ever had a, a Twitter beef or like a social media beef with somebody? Never, never. Never, not even when you were a teenager? No, nope, I do not engage. Did you ever in comment it. on those ones, though? Like as the bystander being like, yeah, bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 just create an anonymous account and just be like i'm totally with this person just, you yeah i, I know for i was hired by russia to just i created an anonymous <laughs> account and just started beef with uh different organizations no i'm kidding i've um, never done that i kind of there's a part of me that would be like that would I've be always fun. thought it would be kind of fun but then totally. i just decided because you have that power of, of that being anonymous like no one can actually come and punch you right there, yeah, there's something there. Maybe people don't, that don't and feel they empowered. can't hate on you online because it's a fake account, right? So there's just really being no being like a troll. Yeah, just being a troll. But but honestly, like I've just I've witnessed them and I've realized that there's no you can't win. Like even if your argument is way more sound, you're not gonna win because they're just gonna like say some random shit, bring up something that's like right. Article. You can't convince people by fighting them. Yeah, and they'll create some, like, they'll link some article where you can literally find an article that says the fucking world is flat. Like, you can find anything, and then they'll, it just doesn't work. Like, I, you can't win an argument online. It's not going to happen. You have a better chance in person, still unlikely to happen. Even if they say they agree with you, they probably don't even. They're just trying to end the conversation. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the only way to really change someone's mind is for them to change it themselves. Like, Whoa. You show by example, they read into it and they're like, huh, you know, that makes, you can't be like, you need to change your mind. You just do something, they view it and they're like, oh, that's, that's a interesting perspective, right? 
What so if you publicly shame them so hard that they just get so like then they'll and, probably like, plot like, to yep. murder you or something. <laughs> you don't think they'll just change and be like, you know what, he was right. Like, look at all these people just well, attacking let's, me. Let's see how it worked with like people <laughs> in the past. You know, you publicly shame someone, um, they end up resenting become the you. the supervillain. They become the bloody supervillain. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, you know, that reminds you, Graham, like that, what you're saying about you can't really change someone else. It's, it's, yeah, in counseling, you kind of learn this thing where it's like, okay, has anyone here ever tried to change themselves? Of course we do. We try to go on diets, we try to do whatever. It's like, yeah. get rid of a habit. Is it easy? It's like, no, it's pretty, pretty freaking hard to change even yourself. Yeah. Well, then how much harder is it to change somebody else? It's impossible. Like, you can't. You can't even change yourself. How can you change anybody else? But yeah. you're right. You have to kind of make that choice um to do that and you yeah i think you're right you can't really fight people to convince you gotta them. lead by example y- you know well, yeah which Instead is you of being, being like, kind of nice and understanding like, oh i hate the opposition they're so stupid they should lose their jobs they should be imprisoned you just do something awesome and the opposition looks at you and they're like well my side kind of sucks like look what this <laughs> guy's doing you know maybe i should switch sides i think wow. that's a better uh way to go about things yeah. When it when it comes to battling it out. But coming to the last segment that people really enjoy on this podcast is what is your favorite place to eat in Vancouver? <laughs> uh that's funny. Yeah. Favorite place to eat in Vancouver. Oh man. I'm, honestly, like it's funny. People ask me all the time when people visit, like, hey, what's a good place to eat you've lived at you lived here your whole life? The, this, the sad truth is, is like, I really don't like to eat out that much because like growing up, I was always very, very frugal. And for the most part, it's like, why would I pay $20 for this meal when I could just go to the grocery store and make something else that's much cheaper? Um, So I really didn't start eating out until the last recent years when I actually had like a job that paid me a decent amount of money. But even still, okay, I'm not even answering your question. Um, I, I you, like just going, need to, you just need to justify that you don't go out all the time before you answer the question of totally what do you what do you eat when you go out yeah yeah mcdonald's uh no uh (laughs) there's this place called very authentic have you yeah these burgers yeah it's just very i think it's like this house made local and and this pretty sure it's local nugget thing organic i think organic Local, I think I think even the fries are gluten free and the bread. Locally, yeah, like I feel really good after I eat it. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I I like a lot of Japanese food. So if you have sponsors, uh, the Goo franchise, G U U, I love like Japanese izakaya. It's it's not really sushi, although. Please. No, 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 it's not sushi. Is what I'm saying. Like I love sushi, oh. but Japanese izakaya is like. Japanese pub food, all these different things. You could have like octopus, beef tongue, things that it's just very like adventurous. Traditional adventurous. Well, yeah, I don't know if you're listening to me. It's things that you would never, (laughs) things that you would never uh, normally eat. Traditional to Japanese people to eat. Okay. But okay, I'm assuming the more <laughs> weird, the more traditional. That's normally how <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, it, it's totally. Um, but that's the thing. It's like it's it's so adventurous. It's kind of tapas style. So you go there and they have like a daily fresh sheet every time. So it's always different. And it's like I really like trying different foods I've never had before. And I find whenever I go, they've got a bunch of different locations. Whenever I go there, it's like, OK, let's try that beef tongue. Let's try this whatever piece of fish part i've never had before uh so i could say that uh, i i like that balls. i i like i like white spot i mean that's like, <laughs> i uh, go from like <laughs> to white spot an old lady place you know <laughs> white spot's good man they have they have a good burger and what's good about it is it's pretty damn good every time you well, have what do you it. think about their fries because this is uh this is... you know they're they're a thicker fry um are you a fan are you it, well, it's hard to compare because it's like a completely different style of fry. Like, yeah, you can't I, really compare a skinny fry with a thick fry. They're in like, it's like comparing like a New York slice with like a deep dish slice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it's diff- not even like a mojo fry. Like, that's a thick fry, like, you know, that you get yeah. from like a 7-Eleven. It's not even that because those are great. I per- Personally, I think, I don't think they double fry, first of all, because I uh, think that is... That is a big uh, move for chips is or fries is you need to fry them once 
and then you fry them again, and you get that ooey-gooey inside and crispy outside. Personally, I think but, they use too much potato in their fry. I, I, <laughs> too I, much potato. I don't, I don't want my fry to taste like a potato. I want my fry to taste like like a, a fry. fry. So, and I think they they taste too much like a potato, and that's what people are like. That's what I love about it. it. Actually, tastes like no. That's not a French fry. That's just like a you just sliced up a potato. So, well, no. fair enough. But the the <laughs> only thing that kept me going back is that it was at first. I don't know if it still was this when I was younger. It was Milk unlimited trade. fries. Oh, uh, but that's Milk because trade. it's nobody wants them. It's like please, yeah. <laughs> will you just somebody? Oh, do you want some it more? Is, it's like uh, oh no, I I I really couldn't. But the milkshake <laughs> is bomb too. The milkshake um, you get too. It's they give you the the metal yes, cup. Yes, they give you the big yeah. Exactly. And it's only five bucks. That's and but the burger is supreme. It is the burgers amazing. are great. No, they the are. That's what I go for. I so just you get just gotta go by McDonald's, so pick up a large fries, fries, yes, and then ask them for no fries, and then pour the McDonald's fries on. And the get plate. a salad so I feel good about myself yeah, after. And then act like nothing yeah. happened. <laughs> and then pour the yeah. fries on. That is genius because I do love the burgers. Like the burgers are yeah. are really quite good. Just be like, don't be offended, but I just brought some McDonald's fries. <laughs> you know what? I don't think they could be offended because they're like, yeah, I've tasted this. I, like, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. I finally caught on to the secret. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, they're not so the that's, best. Th- those are my hot places. Jonathan's hot places. Uh, if you're tourists, McDonald's, hit it up. It's a local treasure. Yeah. Totally local only treasure. found Vancouver. here. Uh, goo white spot and also. white spot white spot also is bc though so that's yeah. there we go local plug nice and uh beef tongue if you want to never and, to vancouver again <laughs> and, and get get that beef tongue you know what you'll be surprised they cut it up you're not eating that whole thing uh but yeah it, it does sound weird but it's yeah live life that's how okay. i have my adventure well, we're coming we're coming to a close here Oh, okay. I I appreciate you coming on my podcast, and honestly, this was really fun. We'll probably have to do it again. Yeah, you you have my um my email for the e transfer, right? That's uh yeah, you know yeah yeah I'll yep. uh, I'll okay. send you. Some so, do we do we arrange that after the end the of this? Mail. Sorry, I'll, sorry, I'll, I'll send you some beef tongue in the mail, <laughs> and, and I will I'll go easy on you and spike ball, and uh, we'll call it a day. That'd be great, man. That's I, at the end I'll of it. See, if you take I'll anything, you. I just want to win. I'll see I you just, at Spikeball soon. See you on Spikeball soon. Good. Ciao, Thank man. Thank you for Ciao. having me. Take Hello care, everybody. Rich.